Back when I worked a real job, and I'm putting air quotes around real, uh, I used to dread Mondays. In fact, when Sunday afternoon would come along, I start getting that feeling of dread in my gut and just really wasn't looking forward to work. And I think that's a pretty common thing among people who work regular nine to five jobs. Maybe you felt it yourself, in fact. But since switching to copywriting and starting my own business, I can't recall ever feeling that Sunday dread. And I think that goes away when you truly love what you do. That's something that we share with our guest for today's podcast, Carlene Anglade Cole. And as you listen to what she shares, you probably agree that Carlene is very obvious that she loves what she does. She's excited about writing, about teaching, and about sharing the lessons that she's learned over her career as a copywriter. I get excited every time I talk to Carlene, and I think that you're going to want to stick around to hear all the great advice that she shares in this episode. Before diving into the interview with Carlene, the sponsor for this week's episode is the Copywriter Think Tank, which is our mastermind and coaching program that helps copywriters dive deeper and really explore ideas they didn't think were possible and act on them. And we're really excited to introduce new coaches inside this mastermind experience. We've welcomed a mindset coach and a systems coach into the program. So not only do you have our support and our feedback, but these other brilliant coaches in there as well. Uh, Linda Perry is the mindset coach and Johnny Steller is a systems coach. And what I'm really excited about right now in the think tank is that we are planning our upcoming retreat uh, in Washington, D.C. this June. And there's nothing better than getting this mastermind together in person. Uh, we were just together at, in Nashville, Tennessee for TCCIRL for our retreat there. And I'm excited to host a party at my house in D.C. for the retreat members, um, for the Think Tank members. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And if you have any interest in being part of a mastermind like the Think Tank, you can head over to copywriterthinktank.com to find out more information. Yeah, there's never really been a better time to join the Think Tank than right now. And I'm so excited your parents are going to be out of town and we can have a party at your house. We'll have the whole high school <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, it feels like that, doesn't it? It does. Um, all right, let's get to our interview with Carlene. Carlene, so tell us, so this is not your first time here on the podcast. So we've already kind of been through your story and and know that, uh, all, you know, how you came about and, and almost really created this career for yourself. But we brought you back because you're doing some interesting new things in your business over the last couple of years. The books, especially what you're doing with video, the tribute to Clayton. Let's talk about all of that stuff. So what's been going on for the last, you know, 12 months or so? Thanks, first of all, for having me back. You know, they, you know, returns and uh, repeat customers are always the best ones, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thank you very much. I appreciate it. And man, a lot has happened. I mean, the Clayton, when the Clayton tribute really got me going on a little different uh, tangent, um, you know, where I, I didn't know I was going to be doing this and I, I just started kind of going with what was making sense. And so I'm doing a lot more teaching now. Um, once I had these amazing videos, I had 18 um, copywriters, marketers, you know, people in the industry 
coming to share their their special experiences of you know of knowing Clayton and working with him then you know they they gave this amazing tribute and I had this um you know this awesome uh storehouse that I had to do something with and I ended up my assistant said you know what just put put it on YouTube for everybody cuz I didn't want to sell anything to anyone. I wanted to give this as a gift because Clayton gave us so much um, as copywriters in the industry that I felt like everything people were giving um, during that special tribute, it was going to be a gift. So I was not charging anything for it um, to anybody. So we put it up on YouTube and that kind of became my YouTube, the beginning for me on YouTube because I I was not on YouTube. I didn't know how it worked. I just like, eh, never mind. And all of a sudden I got these, you know, these tributes on here. And got me going into it. And so now I'm like a YouTube addict, right? I have like learned about YouTube and I thought, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it big. You know, I'm not going to half step anything. So decided to put together my YouTube channel. It's Carlene Cole YouTube channel where it's for copywriters, aspiring and, and, you know, existing or um, experienced writers who just want, you know, kind of want to know what I do, how I do my thing. Um, I just give away my secrets as far as, you know, what I feel makes me a successful writer. And then I just have fun with it. I just, I've got all kinds of um, videos, training videos. I've got, you know, um, adventure videos because copywriting is not just about sitting at your desk writing copy. It's about your whole life. Um, you know, that when you become a copywriter, you have gotten control of your life from day one, you know, from that point on, because you can decide how long you're going to work. You're going to decide who you're going to work with, where you're going to work. All these things are now within your control. So I have that whole adventures with copy star Carlene series where it's like, Hey guys, come with me. I'm in Africa or here I am in Asia. Or like I have one coming out tomorrow of a, of going on a camel safari in the Baja desert. Um, you know, and it's just like cool, fun things. I just went to my, my family album and pulled out the stuff. And then we put together these cool videos. So that, so it's not just all work and no play. It's just a fun channel where I, I want people who may be interested in copywriting to see what it's like. And then get a taste of it and then decide if this is what you want to do. Well, then you got to step it up and go to the next level and get yourself some training so that you can, you know, be good at this in this amazing career that can do a lot of things for your life. So uh, before we move on and, and talk about all the stuff, I want to go back to how it all kicked off with the tribute to Clayton. Last time we talked, which is uh, episode, I think, like 189 we actually called the episode my life as a 50 year old man. And you told the story, you know, of working with Clayton and what an influence he was. And so I, I just would love, because I think this is an amazing resource. We talk a little bit about the tribute that you did, the people who spoke, we don't necessarily have to talk about all of the topics because clearly, you know, people can go back and, and watch, but there were some really amazing lessons from that that could benefit all copywriters. Absolutely. Absolutely. That tribute, I'm telling you, someone said to me, Carlene, you could sell this thing for thousands of dollars and it would be still too cheap, <laughs> you know? And what was nice was that everyone just came with that per their personal story, their personal, how Clayton touched their lives and then tied it into copywriting. So I recommend if, you know, if anyone has not seen it yet, you know, this is, this, you know, this is a way to get to know Clayton Makepeace, the master copywriter that he was through the eyes of his, his students and his colleagues um, throughout, you know, his 40 plus year career. I mean, I got Gary Benson Vanga to come out of retirement. Oh, wow. 
You know, he That's came out of retirement because when he heard I was doing it, he's like, I'm in, Carlene. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and yeah, you know, when I saw Gary, when I saw Gary, I'm like, oh, man, he's like the dream person to come on the podcast. Right. And he doesn't do it for anybody. You and I think Brian Kurtz are about the only people who have ever gotten him out of retirement. That is amazing. And the thing and the thing is, you know, uh, Brian had to ask Gary to come out of retirement. Gary asked me. <laughs> there you go. So I was teased about that, but no, it was just, it was that type of an environment, you know, where everyone was just willing to give. And so, like I said, if you missed it, you, you can go check it out. And we're come, next month will be two years since Clayton's been gone. Um, and, you know, that's still getting lots of hits on that, on those um, videos because it's, you know, we got really awesome people and I chose, I couldn't, I, I had to limit to 18. I could, I mean, I could have gone to 180 easily, but I didn't have enough time. So I just picked the people that I personally knew that Clayton knew and, you know, was an influence on, you know, them. He was an influence on them, but that could have been so many more people um, that, that fit that category. I just did not have enough time or space, but the ones that I got, I mean, like I said, besides Gary Bensavenga, having Brian Kurtz on board, having Bob Bly, Bob was like awesome. He was the first one to say, I'm in Carleen. If you're doing this for Clayton, I am in whatever you need, you know? So the AWAI you know, community supported it. I've got, I even had young, my, my daughters came because I know what Clayton did to them in their career how he helped them. And so graphic designers like Lori Haller. And I mean, it was just so many people. Cindy Butehorn came in on the marketing side of it because she and Clayton had a great relationship that many people didn't know about, but it was just something where Clayton touched the lives of, of so many of, of us in so many different ways, not just writing copy, but he was an expert marketer, you know, so he can help strategize, um, you know, mail plans or, you know, launches. And so I brought people who were all part of those things and to to just kind of, you know, showcase what um, Clayton really meant to them. So, yep, that was it. So my life as a 50 plus year old white male came from the fact that, you know, um, Clayton Makepeace took me under his wings, um, uh, you know, and taught me the art of copywriting. And who were we talking to? We were always talking to 50 plus year old white men. And that was always the market that I wrote for. And I realized, wow, you know, these are my peeps. I understand them. They know me, you know, and uh, it's given me a wonderful career. Uh, you know, 22 years of being a freelance writer and then another 12 years beyond that is being in the industry. So 34 years, that's a pretty nice career to have and, uh, and, and enjoy it. enjoyed it also. And I know we want to dive into your most recent book and we will, but before we started recording, you were talking about how much fun you're having, just, you know, kicking off different projects and experimenting and how copywriting has allowed you to pursue these different projects. And so could you just speak to that and how, what copywriting has allowed you to do that may have surprised you over the years, over the 34 years, um, just to give an idea to the listeners of what's possible for all of us. Well, I knew that travel would always be a part of my life. You know, I have always been someone who just loved to go places, but I know I would not have gone to the types of places for the length of time that I've been able to stay there if it really wasn't for a job that gave me the um, flexibility 
that copywriting gave me. I mean, I have been through, um, I, and I can't say all continents because I have not been to Antarctica, um, not yet, uh, but you know, to be able to go and, and take off and go in an African safari, I mean, we've gone to South, you know, South Africa, not, not just for a week or two. And we're talking about going there for four weeks and longer in some of these places um, and not missing a beat when it comes to work. I either decide I'm taking off for the month or I'm going to work on the project while I'm there. It doesn't matter. Just whatever. I have that flexibility to do it. So I would say, first and foremost, the opportunity to travel and to meet so many amazing people from all over the world um, is something that copywriting has allowed me to do, both because of my freedom of time and also with my finances, because these are not cheap trips, you know? So you're going to just be dropping some money to go flying all across the world to do it. And that's something that copywriting has allowed me to do. And, um, and as I've matured um, and I'm realizing, you know, I want to have some fun and, and kind of give back a lot of ways. Um, my, my YouTube channel is one of the things I was telling you about earlier. That's something that's allowed me to have a lot of fun doing it. I just launched just a few weeks ago. I just, I had this crazy idea. And so I told my team is like, we need to have a store, like just our own, you know, direct response, um, copywriter store that's just for us, you know, and I was stealing the whole FUBU idea for you by you. I said, but for us, by us, you know, and uh, came up with the idea of Magalart, um, which was taking my Magalogs, my covers, my cover test and converting them into artwork. And so I thought that's a cool name. We'll call it Magalart. And then in addition, I'm like, I got some funky, cool things like mugs and, and magnets and T-shirts. You know, they say things like my, like my second book, the title of that book is Your Copy Sucks, You Don't. So I got T-shirts that say that and, um, you know, magnets and stuff. And it's kind of neat when people are like sending me photos of them wearing this stuff that I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is so cool. And it's just fun. It's just like, am I making a career out of selling mugs and T-shirts? No, but I just think it's so nice to be able to have a place where if you've got, you've got a copywriter in your life, you can say, let me Google copywriting gifts here, you know, and then Magalart pops up. So it's, it's Magalart, M-A-G-A-L-A-R-T dot shop. That's on right now. We haven't even started expanding it too much, but that's where people are, are able to find stuff. And then what's, what's nice is they're sending me photos of them holding the mug or wearing the T-shirt or holding, you know, just. This is kind of fun. So um, so that's what I've, I've got going on right now. I also do my, I have mentoring. I do I do work and I do train uh, with my crazy copy system live mentoring show. That's that's more of an online one-on-one, but not one-on-one. It's a group setting, but it's more uh, earn while you learn mentoring program that I launched uh, over a year ago and having so much fun with it. And my whole thing is, hey guys, I'm doing this until I don't like it anymore. And when I don't like it anymore, I'm done. <laughs> so that's, that's the attitude. Like, take me while you got me, because when I say I'm done, I'm done. Um, so that's been that's a good motto. You know, I've gotten a couple of dozen writers to, they actually got samples. They got their samples tested with my clients. They got paid um, because their, their, their covers beat my control. So they get to have, not only get paid, but they get a t-shirt that says, I'm on a roll. I beat Carlene's control. You know, you can't buy that t-shirt. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. Um, so just fun things like that. I decided this, this year I'm going to continue. Um, you know, I'm still working with my clients, but I've cut back my writing uh, schedule a lot so I can devote my time to just seeing what I want to do and, uh, and how I can, you know, how I can help a lot of um, folks right now. So as I'm winding down my career. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, that's that's the thing I love about what you're doing, Carlene, is that you know you've you've spent so much so much time proving that you know what 
you know, and learning and doing, and now you're taking all the time to share and the various ways that you're sharing the, the YouTube channel, the books, the one-on-one or, or group coaching, all of that, you know, comes from all of the work that you've done. And so I've got like questions about each one of those things individually, for sure. Um, I, one more question about YouTube before we move on to other stuff. And that is a lot of copywriters want to be on YouTube or, you know, create a channel for YouTube. And it's a lot of work. Not only do you have to come up with the content, you've got to be the on-screen talent, you've got to promote. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, you've had some help with that. In fact, I think one of your daughters has helped you significantly, but maybe even a bigger team. Will you tell us about the team and what they're all doing in order to make that happen for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's no way I could do this without my team. And and the fact that my none of us know, knew what we were doing didn't matter. It was like, you know, let's go ahead and do this. So I, you know, YouTube has been a lot of fun and, and you can enjoy it as long as you're doing what you like to do. I mean, don't go on YouTube saying, oh, I'm going to create a product. I'm going to create this. I'm going to make X amount of money from that. And that's, that's the goal. Go on and say, hey, I've got something I want to share. I think it's valuable to people, but if they don't think so, I think it is. And I'm going to put it on there. So you create your channel for you. First and foremost, really think about what what would I want to see if I was looking at this channel and what would I want to have on here? So if you go at it that way, then it's much more fun and you you will come up with more ideas of what you want to actually, you know, have. Now, do I I do the videos. I mean, I'm the I go up and I come up with ideas for videos all the time and all I do is I use my iPhone. I don't do anything fancy. Vertical on stay vertical on your iPhone. That gives you options of creating YouTube shorts, which are just 1 minute or less. On um, videos that YouTube loves now. They're competing against TikTok. So you can do a YouTube short, nothing fancy. Just go ahead and just record it and then upload it. So I'll do my videos vertical like that. But I have, a, I, I hired a young guy who's just, you know, you know, these kids know how to do all kinds of stuff on YouTube. So I'm like, look, I'm looking for somebody to take these videos and put them on YouTube for me. And then I'll work with you on putting together the thumbnails, but get it up there for me. So you know, got somebody working part time and that's what he does. That's what his job is. I just send him the videos and he puts them up there for me. Uh, my assistant, you know, Cynthia has been great. She's, you know, she, she'll kind of help put things together with whatever we need. I write the copy because that's fun. Um, and it's faster for me to write it because I know what I'm saying. Um, but it's kind of after that, whatever you don't know on YouTube, you just go on YouTube and Google it. Uh, <laughs> that's what you do. That's what we did. Like, for example, you know, for YouTube to take you seriously, you know, you need to have a thousand subscribers. Okay. Zero, you know, so it's like, okay, how do you do that? Well, I have my mail, my mailing list. So I went to my mailing list and I said, Hey guys, I need you to subscribe to my YouTube channel, you know? And that kind of got me, I have a little unfair and bad advantage because I do have access to that, but you can get your friends or whoever else, the people know you have it. And it, that's how I got my thousand subscribers as quickly as I did. But then I was like, Oh no, now you need for you to have, um, to be monetized on YouTube, you have to have 4,000 watch hours. All right. And I'm at that point, I was just, you know, kind of trudging along and it's like, okay, I need 4,000. I was about 2,000 at the time. And if I was going the same pace as I was doing, then it would take another year to get there. And I'm like, I'm not waiting a whole year for that. So I just sent out an email blast and told my friends and my, my family and, you know, my copy star readers. I'm like, Hey guys, I'm trying to get to 4,000 watch hours on YouTube for them to take me seriously. So the, so that the channel can be monetized for advertisements. So please, just watch my just watch my channel just watch it for me just click on and watch 
And, you know, in a matter of, I think it was 18 days, we doubled to 4,000. Um, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. So now YouTube says we acknowledge you as having a thousand subscribers and you are, you know, you are at 4,000 watch hours. So we think you're legit enough for us to pay attention to you, you know? And that was that, once that happened, you know, now it's like, it starts opening doors for you to do other things, but you know, the, the advertising revenue, you're not, it's not tons of money, but you know, it could be a couple thousand, several thousand dollars in a year of revenue just by having your, your um, videos up there. And then you start using your copywriting skills. Okay. So they talk about YouTube calls it a thumbnail, right? But for us copywriters, it's just your cover, you know, it's just the cover. So you want to get a thumbnail that attracts people's attention. You do the same thing with your cover. So just take your copywriting skills and apply them to your thumbnails and don't forget about the description copy that you have with every video. There's room for description copy. Treat that like your lead. You know, that is your, that's your chance for you to really, you know, grab the attention of, of, you know, what the video is about. And it's also a chance for YouTube to scan, you know, their algorithms to scan, to find out what's in the video and do we want to push the video. All right. So it's just using a lot of basic copywriting skills that has just now just, you know, trans, um, um, translated into being part of the YouTube community. So once I got over the hurdle of these, the new terminology, you know, the, the thumbnail and, and, you know, and, you know, the description copy and then the other things you're talking about, I'm going, what is all that? Once I equated that with, oh, cover, headline, lead, I got this. You know, once I made that click, like that, that click in my brain, then it was like, you know what, just use your copywriting skills and put it on there. And that is what I've done. Um, and I do regularly just Google how to do this. What, what should I be looking for this, you know, to give me some help with it. But for the most part, I'm telling you, we are, we're doing great. I think before we hit, um, uh, we'll be one year on YouTube, I think at the end of March, and we're going to have over a hundred thousand impressions by then. And I'm like, that's a lot. And we're a little small, little P, you know, we've got about 20, 2100, um, uh, subscribers right now. And so I just, I, I got the whole idea of doing a merchandise, like the Magalart, Magalart.shop store. I have that, but I realized, oh shoot, we can't put our merchandise on YouTube until we have 10,000 subscribers. So, hey, subscribe to my channel. Help me get the 10,000 subscribers, you know? Um, but it may take a while, but it's okay. I'll get there, you know? And now we're seeing YouTube has been picking up the videos organically. Um, and we're like, wow, like one video hit like 40,000 you know, impressions. I'm going, what the heck? That's a lot, you know, considering my other ones were only doing about, you know, two to 5,000. So I'm just starting to see where YouTube is making it serious. But if you're going to do this, you got to, first of all, realize you're going to need at least a year to get yourself going. So don't expect miracles on that first year because it will take a while for you to get it going and for you, for the algorithms to really pick up on your videos and, and, you know, push them to where they need to go. But I, I mean, that's what I was told before I started. And I saw that. So like, don't get discouraged, just put out good content. Don't, don't put junk out there, you know, put quality things that you would like to spend time watching if you were the viewer. And that's my secret. That's my strategy on, uh, making it on YouTube. And like I said, I've, the, I've gotten, I've got over 200, 250, this week will be over 250, um, videos and I can't believe it. I can't believe it, but I'm like, Hey guys, we're going to do one video a day. Let's see if we can make that happen. You know? And so far we're on track. That's incredible.
Kira, I'm going to interrupt your comment to Carlene as we break in here to talk a little bit about what stood out in the first half of the interview. So I've got a couple of things that I've written down, but do you want to go first? I can't believe you interrupted me. Um, no, that's okay. I do want to, I'm glad you interrupted me because I, I want to talk about, there was so much in this part of the interview um, around doing something new or different. And Carlene did that uh, with her tribute to Clayton Makepeace. And that allowed her to do something new and different and maybe even uncomfortable. Um, although I don't think she said it was uncomfortable by creating this YouTube channel and launching these tribute videos to Clayton, but it allowed her to play in a different medium and to explore and have fun with YouTube. And it's always helpful when you, you have an outside, a reason outside of yourself to do something. And I think for Carlene, it was, you know, her relationship with Clayton and wanting to do this for him and for the copywriting community. And so it, it was a great catalyst for her to try something new. Um, you don't always need, you know, some outside purpose to do something new, but I think it's just a good reminder that anytime you get a little uncomfortable and do something that's, um, you haven't tried before, there's a ripple effect. And for Carlene, the ripple effect was she realized she liked YouTube and she continued to experiment and post content. And now she's, you know, already a year into it. And it's been a really big part of her growth and the pivot she's made in her business. And she probably, she wouldn't have known that if she didn't decide to um, do this tribute for, for Clayton. Yeah, anybody who hasn't checked out the tribute, it's definitely worth watching the interviews. She features people like Brian Kurtz, Marcella Allison, and David Deutsch. My absolute favorite is uh, when Gary Bensavenga shares his 10 maxims. Anytime Gary does something, I try to pay attention. I've seen his training. I've you know watched what he presented in Brian Kurtz's uh, Titans Mastermind. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I respect and love everything that he does and just, so it's definitely worth checking that out. If you only check out one, check out Gary's, but there are a bunch that are, are definitely worth watching. And like you, I, I'm really impressed because yeah, that helped Carlene kick off her YouTube channel. But everything that I've heard about YouTube is that you really don't start getting traction until you've posted, you know, 200 and something like 225 videos, 230 videos, and it's a long game. And she's done a really amazing job of speeding that process up. Yeah, she's she now has that many videos, which is great, but she's got something like 2,500 followers. Every time she posts, she's got three or 400 views within a few hours. And obviously when you start having that kind of success, YouTube then starts to share your videos with the, you know, the, the whole world of YouTube, or at least the copywriting world that's on YouTube. And it's helped her grow her list. It's helped her give her a foundation so that she can, when she launched her second book, there's even more potential readers out there. Uh, I'm actually kind of jealous of it because you, you and I've talked about doing YouTube, you know, for a while and, you know, what would be the best way for us to do something on YouTube? Maybe we'd take, you know, podcasts, I, you know, there are all kinds of different things that we could do, but she has taken action and just made it happen. And I, I respect it. And I love what she's doing there. And the cool part about that is she's been able to grow quickly because I mean, number one, she's Carlene and she's awesome and a go-getter <laughs> like goes fully in when she does anything, but also she asks for what she wants. And I think that was a lesson I took away from this conversation is just ask for what you need, ask for what you want. She sent emails asking her list 
to subscribe to her YouTube channel. And then when she realized that she needed to have, I think, 4,000 watch hours, she followed up and asked them, hey, can you can you actually go watch and spend some time in the YouTube channel so I can hit this goal? And it's just a great reminder to, again, ask for what you want and need because you're not going to get it if you don't ask for it. And also um, bring people on the journey with you. And so for Carlene, she's taking her community and everyone who's a fan, colleague, friend with her on this YouTube journey journey, and sharing the milestones and being really transparent about like, hey, I need this in order to hit this goal. Will you help me? So people are more likely to buy in um, and participate and support you if you take them along the journey and uh, paint the picture of where you're going and give them a concrete goal that they can be a part of rather than leaving it vague so people don't really understand how how they're showing up and how they can help you. Yeah, and one of the things that I love about that is that because Carlene is so engaging and so energetic, when she makes those kinds of invitations, of course you wanna hang out with her, you wanna see more of it. And so, because she's leaning all the way into it with all of her personality, everything that she has, it really works for her. The other thing, as she was describing the different things that she was doing on YouTube, it made me realize that there's really nothing new in the world of marketing. You know, she was talking about the thumbnail is just, you know, the cover image and headline and the description of each video is like the lead on a sales page or a sales letter. And it's just a reminder that yes, the, the formats change, you know, it may not be a number 10 envelope going out into the mail, like she would have written in the 1990s. It's a YouTube video here in the 2020s, but the elements are pretty much the same and the same, uh, persuasion tactics, the same level of engagement, the same things that you do to get people to engage with copy in other mediums works here too. You just have to figure out the connections. And I loved that. Yeah. And to go back to what you were saying about her enthusiasm, people want to just want to be a part of it because she's so enthusiastic about what she's doing. Um, you know, there's that traces back to fun and that stood out to me when we were in this interview with Carlene and then listening to the interview again, it stood out to me. Uh, maybe it's because when I'm thinking about what I value in life, I, I do value fun, but I I have not prioritized it in my life. So I feel like at, at a scale one through 10, my score is probably like a three right now. So it's something that I am focused on. And when I hear someone talk about it, I pay attention. And Carlene mentioned fun in this interview, at least I was tallying how many times she mentioned it, at least 12 times she mentioned fun. And so clearly that's something that she values right now. And she is actively pulling fun into her business and her life. And um, that's something that, again, we, we can all do at different stages if it's something that we do value. Yeah, and you mentioned in our uh, in our introduction that we're having a party at your house this June. That's going to be fun. So uh, hopefully, we're I hope have to so. Wait, wait until <laughs> June to have some fun in our business. But yeah, doing things like that in your business to have fun, and it can be with clients, it can be with fellow copywriters. As we record this, we just finished up IRL in Nashville, you know, where we were hanging out with 150 or so copywriters, and that was a ton of fun. Just being around other people, going to dinner talking, chatting. And so finding those opportunities to have fun. And again, it doesn't have to be with other people. It can just be because you love what you're doing. You love the way that you're engaging with your audience. Uh, Carlene's done that well. And it's definitely something that we can all take away from that. 
Okay, so maybe my fun score is actually better than I think because you're right. Um, we did have fun at IRL, and I'm actually Rob. I mentioned this to you already. I'm throwing a party tonight. I feel like this podcast is just me talking about parties I'm throwing, it's but that's what cast. happens after two years after a pandemic and no social contact. Like I'm ready to throw some parties. So um, I'm traveling to Boston this weekend, and then I have vacation next week. So. Yeah, I think my fun score is actually a five out of 10 and maybe not as low as I thought. Um, but again, like that's just something that Carlene brings to everything she's doing right now. It's um, her, I think she had a quote about, um, this was a quote, hey guys, I'm doing this until I don't like it anymore. And she was speaking about one of her mentoring programs uh, in reference to that quote. And again, that's just, I love that perspective of like, I don't have to stick with something if it doesn't work for me anymore. And Carlene is, you know, working on less copywriting projects now and venturing into new territories. And I just was really inspired by this interview of how she's open and intentionally creating space by taking on less copywriting projects so that she's had this space to play and to say yes and to, to write two books over the last few years. Um, and to create the YouTube channel and so many more opportunities. I mean, she mentioned the merchandise too. And there's just this element of like space and um, opportunity in what she's done. But that doesn't happen by accident. It happens when you decide this isn't working for me. I'm not going to do it anymore. And that's something that I think a lot of copywriters struggle with. I've struggled with it. Um, I mean, I think I'm always working through that too. Um, knowing when to pivot, knowing when to say this doesn't work. It did work. It doesn't work anymore. For sure. One other thing that I want to mention just from this beginning portion of the interview is Carlene mentioned that she's been able to do a lot of stuff thanks to the success she's had as a copywriter. She mentioned taking real vacations like three weeks, four weeks long and having the space to do that. And I think, you know, there's definitely a point in our businesses where um, we have to decide, okay, are, are we creating a business that's supporting the things outside of our lives that we want to do? And if we are, how do we do that? How do we build in time for real vacations for more than, you know, a day off or more than a weekend? Uh, and she's done that really well, but it's just a, a really good reminder that our businesses are here to support the lives we want. And if we get good at what we do and in solving our clients' problems, all those things become a reality. Yeah. And that's how she kicked off the entire conversation by sharing that she's grateful for this amazing career that's allowed her to do so much in her life and that she wants to share that message so we can all um, live that way too. And, um, you know, I think she mentioned 22 years as a freelance writer. 12 years working in an industry, 34 years total in her career, um, she's been able to see firsthand what writing copy can do for your whole life. And I think anytime I hear that message, it's really inspiring to me as well to just know that this is, this is a, a career that can go many different places and give us a lot of different opportunities. And Carlene is such a great example of that. All right, let's get back to our interview with Carlene and listen to her advice for pivoting and shifting gears in your business. You know, as I'm listening to you speak about what you're doing on YouTube and the merchandise and and how you're just having so much fun, you said, when I'm done, I'm done. You know, it seems like you know when to move on. And and I'm just wondering if that is who you've always been and that just comes naturally to you. And if you have any advice for anyone listening who maybe feels stuck 
and struggles to move on and to know when they're done and they need to evolve in their career, what advice you give to them? My advice would be if you are stuck and if you don't let go, if you don't shift gears, you're not going to ever know what else is available for you. You know, you've only got so much time and space. And if you are crowded out with stuff that you don't want to do, there's no room to take in something else. So when I say, I'm like, you know what? I'm not having fun anymore doing this. I'm going to let, I'm, I'm going to let it go. And by doing that, it opens up opportunities for me to do other things. You know, like I was writing, I love writing copy. I mean, I was, I have a record of writing one package a month. You know, I'm talking a full blown Magalog, 24 page printed, you know, when it's finished and everything else, which is like 50 pages I'm turning in to the client doing one a month. I've done 12 to, to 16 in a year. All right. That's when I was loving copywriting. I was loving, I was learning so much and I just like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. I love it. Right. Well, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I don't want to be at that pace. It was, I loved it then because it was fun and exciting. It's not fun and exciting anymore. You know, and when I started feeling like, oh, this is not, I'm not, I don't want to tie myself down like this. So I started cutting back my schedule. As I cut back my schedule, it was a little scary going, oh, what's lined up for next month? And I'm like, nothing. You know, what? Nothing. And then guess what? Something pops up. And it's something that I wasn't expecting. But because I had the opportunity and the time, it happens, you know. Perfect example was, you know, COVID changed our lives. And I at one point I was in there, I was sitting there going, you know, I could I, I've always wanted to um to write a book, but instead I'm sitting here binging on, you know, Gilmore Girls and, and other, you know, movie shows I haven't watched in forever. And it's like, what are you doing? Stop, go, you got time now, go write your book. You know, go do it. And so I had wanted to do it. It was February in 2020 when I was going to, you know, wanted to do my book. COVID comes in March. I gave myself a year to get the book done. But with COVID, got the book done and got the book uh, published and got it all done in less than like five and a half months. <laughs> so just kind of rechannel yourself. So if you don't love what you're doing, it's time to stop. You know, it's time. I know it's scary, but you got to stop and find something else. Because if you keep staying with that grind, you will not have the other opportunities come to you or you go to them because you don't have the time or the space in your life. So when I said, you know, I, I want to do my book and I got the book done and I loved it and I thought, I'm done, I'm done. And then I thought, no, I'm not going to book my schedule tight next year. I'm only going to write six packages, you know, for 2021. I'm only going to write six packages, which meant I had six months kind of available. So I used that time to write a second book. And that was fun. You know, am I doing a third book? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But, you know, who knows? I'm not planning on it. But I got two books done in 16 months, you know, and I got two awards on the first book, like acknowledged awards for my work. Um, I got it on the Amazon bestseller list. So you can't do stuff that you, you can't do everything. So at some point you got to let go. And I felt like I've kind of I, I know I'm good what I do. I know I'm good in the health market. I know I'm a good copywriter. I don't have to prove anything to anybody else, but I don't know if I'm a good writer as far as an author. I don't know if I'm a good teacher. Let me go see if I'm good at that, you know? And that became more of a challenge for me, you know? And even the, even the merchandise store, I don't know. Let's see what happens, you know? Let's see. Let's try it. And I'm just very happy to be in a position where I can, I can, tr I can do those things you know, and if it doesn't work, well, okay, you know what? It's not that it didn't work. It's just not the right thing for me right now. 
Um, and that's kind of how you just reposition it and keep going. So that's kind of what I, I say to people who are stuck. It's like, you got to get yourself unstuck and you got to get over the fear and you got to put yourself in a situation where uh, um, avenues and opportunities can open up to you. That's a, a great lead in maybe to talking a little bit about your new book, Carlene. So when I picked it up, I was I was expecting uh, maybe something about copywriting. You know, how am I going to improve my copy? And I was a little bit surprised, but also pleased that this is not necessarily a book about copywriting. It's really a book of life lessons, mindset advice, uh, all, all kinds of of uh, lessons that you've learned, I think, over your career. Are there maybe three or four of those that are your favorites that you can share with us? Sure. Well, yeah, the, 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 my favorite one is the headline. <laughs> There's a title of the book. Um, I, I, I'm glad you saw that because, you know, the whole point, if you see the, sub, the, the name of the book is Your Copy Sucks, You Don't. But then the subhead is 60 Kick Butt Lessons on Copywriting, Business, and Life. And so I chose 60, number 60, because I wrote it when I turned 60. That was a year, you know, I was like, oh man, I was 2021. I turned, I turned 60 and I'm going, I gotta do something like, this is kind of cool. You know, so I picked 60 as opposed to, you know, any other number. That's why I have the 60. But then I thought I want to share a lesson. I, I could give you a thousand lessons that I've learned in my lifetime, but I wanted to use lessons that I felt like would work that same lesson could work for copywriting, for business, and for life. All right. And so, so in other words, I talk about parenting, you know, um, one of my favorite ones, and I guess one of the, one of the ones most people tell me they love um, um, on my book is when I talk about the fun, you know, when you, the first day you have, a, the, the moment your child is born, you know, open up a therapy fund, you know, <laughs> for them, the moment that they're born. So people joke about that and they're like, what's, you know, with the therapy, that's crazy. Why, why would you say that? Whatever it is. And it's all about saying, you know what? You're going to have children. You're going to make mistakes when you raise them um, because you're imperfect. Don't let that jack you up. Okay. It is what it is. So it's, I think it was lesson number 25. No, no, no. That's, that's my exercises therapy. I forgot which one. I got to find out which one is a therapy fun one. But um, anyway, it's so it's like, you know, as a, you're imperfect. You want to do the best that you can for your kids, but you're going to screw up at some point, in some way, in some wow, you know, and that's okay because, you know, you're imperfect, but don't let that deprive you from having the, you know, enjoyment of being a parent. Uh, because even if you think you did a fantastic job, like I said, I hear my children talk about their childhood and I was there and I, you know, I thought they had a fantastic childhood. I said, my kids, you know, would write the, the most boring, would have the most boring lifetime movie. And I'm very proud about that because it was not, not that drama wasn't there, you know, that a lot of people can experience. So I'm very happy that they, they couldn't make a, a great lifetime movie about their childhoods. But, you know, but they talk about things and I'm going, that's not what happened. That is not what it was. But they're seeing things from their perspective and I have to respect that. Uh, but I'm like, no, you had a great childhood. This is wonderful. It's wonderful. So again, the point is as a parent, you know, <laughs> you know, you're going to mess up. So get that therapy fund open. Enjoy raising your kids. If you didn't do something or you did something they need therapy for, then have them tap into that therapy fund. And there they go. There, you know, they, you can take care of that part. So a lot of parents, new parents tell me about that when they say, that was such a good relief for me because it's like the whole, am I screwing up my kid? You know, like, no, don't worry. Do your best that you can. But if you do, do screw them up somehow, go to the therapy, give them a therapy fund that they can go to and, um, and help them out uh, when they're adults. So that has been one. But if you're not a parent, 
you know, you can apply that to anyone in the family. You can apply that to helping people in the family who may need support. It could be for your business. You know, how do you help and support other people who you work with um, as you're helping to nurture them in their growth in their businesses and careers? So that's what I mean when I say I try to use something that can kind of cross over into all three copywriting, business and life. Uh, but my absolute favorite one of is um, lesson number 34, which is the title of the book. Um, your copy sucks. You don't. And that's because uh, when I do my mentoring, I, I get when I do copy crits, I do go really hard, you know, and I, I zone into the copy and I'm just looking to make the copy as good as it possibly can. So I, I'll say things like that, like, what are, you, what are you thinking? This is ridiculous. Change that. Fix that. You know what? You know, like, so you lost your market. You know, those kind of things I would say. And I learned that from Clayton Makepeace because he was my copy chief and he tore apart my copy. But whenever he tore apart my copying and we rebuilt it, I got controls. OK, so I know that this is a process that works. So I always, before I start with the critiques with my crazy copy system live mentoring show tribe, I have them, you know, repeat after me, you know, you're awesome. You're wonderful. Your copy sucks. You don't. Okay. So don't take anything personal that I'm, I'm, I'm going to say here. Just focus on the copy itself. And then that's how it's going to become successful for you. So we do that. But that, but the whole, your copy sucks. You don't is really a mantra for life, you know? Things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen to you. It's not because you're a bad person. It's because stuff happens, you know? So it's not what happens to you, but what you do with what happens to you that's going to determine your happiness and your joy in your life. And so that became kind of a mantra, you know, for life, you know, your, you know, your copy sucks, you don't, that's kind of, you know, stuff happens. If, if, you know, your kids do something and you're not happy to get in trouble, well, you're not a bad parent. You know, it just happens that they did something wrong. You know, it's not, don't, don't take it up. Oh, where did I go wrong? I should have nursed for an extra three months or something. No, you know, lay off that guilt. Um, but same thing with business. You try a business and it doesn't work. Doesn't mean you're a failure. It means that idea didn't work at that time, you know, and in life in general, that whatever you try and attempt, not everything will be successful. You want failures because failures allow you to push yourself beyond your comfort zone. So if you're not failing enough, you're not trying enough. Um, so that's kind of where that's my, my favorite lesson on that one, because it is really my life mantra in so many ways. Yeah, I really like uh, lesson 10, I believe, which is about buying yourself flowers. That is one I can relate to. I buy myself flowers all the time, especially for my children's birthdays. I'm like, this is when I, <laughs> I delivered you, I'm going to treat myself. Um, and then I also really like lesson 35, about me time and filling up your cup. So can you talk a little bit more about how you give yourself me time and how you fill your cup up? I know this is a struggle for so many copywriters. Right. Because not only copywriters, but especially with women, um, we tend to do, we are always working and helping other people. You know, we're more than willing to give our time to other people. We put ourselves way, way last. And in turn, we end up being drained. So the illustration I used with the um, your me time was imagine that you're a glass pitcher and it's full of red punch, right? The pitcher is full of red punch. That represents you and you know all that you have to give in your life. And then you put little glass cups all around the pitcher you know, and the glass cups represent the important people or things in your life. So whether it's your your spouse, your children, your church, your 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 neighborhood, your job, your friendships, whatever is important to you, doesn't matter. Whatever you view as being important, you put those little glass cups all around your pitcher, and now you start pouring 
into each glass cup and you can pour more or less depending on what the value for that you know for that is to you but it's okay but you keep pouring you keep pouring and you keep pouring so what eventually happens you know your pitcher is empty you got nothing else to give so when that happens all of the little glasses around you are going to now suffer because you can't do anything you can't give anything you're wiped out so what you have to do is refresh your picture periodically and how you do that is very unique to you you know once upon a time for me to refresh my picture it meant just going and getting a, a manicure and a pedicure and a massage you know and when i did that i just felt so good and i'm like okay i can get more now you know maybe it could be going on a trip maybe it's buying yourself something that you wanted as a gift um, flowers are great also, you know, so whatever it is, it doesn't even have to be expensive. It just has to be what is important to you. Maybe it's just an afternoon where you can just read your favorite book or go off to a movie with girlfriends and have dinner and, you know, have fun and whatever it is that, ref you know, that refreshes and refills your picture is what you have to determine. And then you have to do, do it often so that the picture can stay full. And in turn, you can give and you can give with value and you can give, you know, with heart and creativity and everything else because you got it. You got it. You know, if you're drained, you ain't got it. So that's what. So it's like find out what it is that you need. You know, travel always refreshes my my picture, but I haven't been traveling the past, you know, almost, you know, almost two years now. I'm not going that many places. So it's like, what else would I would I find, you know, that that makes me feel, you know, good. So. Going and going and talking, hanging out with my mom for, you know, an afternoon and we're just sitting there talking. I feel good about that. I love it. It's enjoyable. You know, calling up my friends, doing my Zoom calls with people I hadn't talked to in a long time, writing, writing about just fun stuff that refreshes my picture. So I do those things on a regular basis to so that I have, you know, the energy to be able to give to others. Yeah, I, I, I love it. My favorite chapter. I, I, it's hard to pick one, but my favorite thing that you write about is uh, lesson number 60. And that is where you say you're a super, you're not a superwoman, but you play one in life. And I think anybody who's just been listening to you talk about all the things that you're doing, you know, 60 plus accomplished, you know, copywriter starting all these new projects. And you, you definitely do come across as a superwoman. Uh, you're doing a great job of filling the role, Carlene. Well, thank you. Thank you. But like I said, in that lesson number 60, I say, you know, there is no S on my chest. If it, if there was, it would stand for scarred, scared, and so tired, you know? So that would be, it's, it's sort of, we don't have to be superwomen. The reason I'm able to do the things that I have accomplished in my life is because I have a great support system. And that is it. So put, put, put people in your life who love you, who want to help you and encourage you and can punch you and, you know, get you going if you need to, you know, get your butt out of bed or whatever. By having that in your life, then you can accomplish, you know, accomplish a lot. Um, but you, but it's, I, I never, I'm never alone. You know, I do not stand on any kind of pedestal by myself. I am in a team because I know for a fact, you know, um, I, have, I have my husband, I have my friends, I have my, my congregation, I have, you know, my, my colleagues. These are all people who I say, hey, I've got an idea. You know, and like with the YouTube channel, I have let's do this, but I can't do it by myself. You know, I have people who are helping me um, along the way to make it happen. I give, I can do the vision about here's how I see this and I can give directions and guidance, but I can't do it alone. Um, and so you have those people in your life and you reward those people because I'm very much a, hey, let's do this together 
And however successful it is, we are successful. You know, it's like if this is working, this is a joint thing. If this makes, you know, X amount of money, then we make X amount of money. You know, we're going to do this together because it's an opportunity for people to be able to use their talents and time and be rewarded for it. So that's kind of how we, we look at things that we do and we do it. So even with my book, my two books, you know, I had, I work with an editor, Laura Gale was my editor um, for the book. And she was amazing because I knew what I wanted. The first book, when I met Laura and she said, are you serious about writing this book? I'm like, I am so serious. I know the title of the book. I know the chapters in the, I know what I want to say. I just have not got myself to the point of, uh, you know, doing it you know, and whatnot. And so she goes, well, I can help you with that. So I give Laura Gale a lot of credit for helping me with my books because she, I, I got, I just sort of like had diarrhea of the mouth with everything, you know, and then she helped me kind of, she helped me to organize the book and to structure it so that it would make sense um, to get it done. So I didn't do it by myself. Um, you know, the Magalard store I had the idea, but I have my assistant Maria going, okay, Maria, go for it. Let's see what we can do here. Let's create some stuff. Then I have Benji like, what kind of artwork can we do? How do we do this? You know? And so it's like, that's, that's our team. You know, when I do my, my, my show, my crazy mentoring show, my daughter, Tiara, she's my producer. She's like, mom, we're going to do this today. I'm like, I got it. Okay, great, great. So I know what's got to be done, but somebody's helping. So there's never Superman, Superwoman does not exist. You know, we have a super team and we kick butt. <laughs> While we have you here, I, you know, you're such a good copywriter. We like to talk about copywriting. Uh, I want to ask you a copy-focused question as well. And one one of the things that you're doing with mentoring, uh, you know, teaching one-on-one and teaching one-on group. Um, tell me what is like the number one thing, the number one mistake that you see copywriters making in their copy when they bring it to you for critiques, for feedback, that kind of thing. You only want one. <laughs> well, I don't know if we got time for for how many. I mean, I would love to have thirty, but yeah, I have got... a couple off, off top of my head. Okay, um, the, I'll, when when a co- when copy comes to me and it's using the words "we" and "our," I cringe. I absolutely cringe. You know, because I tell my 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 cubs all the time, copywriting is a conversation in print. It is a one on one conversation. So you talk to me. You know, and you talk about you, not we, not our. Okay, in this case, it is much very you centric copy. So I get a lot of um, first drafts where it's like, you know, we want to do this for you, and we this, and we. I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, you who is speaking. You know, letters being signed by one person. Who's that person signing it? And then talk to that person one-on-one, have that conversation. So I think that would be one of the ones where, and I tell them all the time, I said, when I was trying to see what promotions I wanted to work on or what I, if let's say there was a control out there, I had maybe two or three options of what I wanted to work on. And the client says, well, you pick the one you want to work on. I would look at that copy. And if I saw the, the promo say something like, use the word we, you know, or, or say, dear friends, plural, if they did anything like that, that was the control I was going after. It was like instinct, like, bam, I'm going to kill this thing because they are, they're doing that from the start. The copy's already weak in my perspective. So I'm going to write you centric copy and I'm going to slam that thing, you know, and I usually do, you know, I usually do because it's, you get into an, a mode when you're writing to a group that is very less, it's not as personal as I'm writing to you, Kyra, or to you, Rob. It's just not, it's just a natural 
flow of things that happen that way. And so that's one thing. And then the other thing I tell them is know who you're talking to, you know, so you're not talking to a crowd. So I'm talking to you. Who is that avatar? Am I, who am I talking to a 50 plus year old white male? That's nice. Put a face on them. You know, that's my neighbor. That's my cousin. That's my brother. That's my husband. That's my so-and-so, whatever. Put a face. And I used to do that when I was early in my career, I would get a picture of the person that I felt I was talking to when I was writing the copy. And I would even use his name or her name in the copy when I was writing it. And then at the end, I would change it out. But, but that would make me know I'm talking to this person. Is it my mother? Okay, dear mom, here, you know, and start talking to my mom like I would talk to her if she was in a room with me right now. Um, you know, and that will get you out of generic mode copywriting to just suck you into like personal letter writing. And if you can do that, you're going to be way ahead of the game from before anybody else. Carlene, we want to make sure we can share your book and um, all the information about the book with our audience. And so you mentioned a couple of gifts that we can access with the purchase of your book. Can you just talk about that and where we can go to find it and, um, and the gifts that we may be surprised with when we make the purchase? Yes, sure. So to get my books, both of my books come with gifts. The Your Copy Sucks, you don't, um, when you purchase that book, you can get it on Amazon. It's on ebook. It's a, um, it's an audio book. It's hard copy. It's soft book. You can go to my website, carlinecole.com and, and see more about the book too. But if you just want to purchase it, go to Amazon and you can get it. But when you purchase my book, you will get, when you'll find, you know, when you get the book, you'll find out how to get it, how to, how to get this, but you get 14, um, free gifts, and they're worth $1,799. So these gifts include swipe files. You're going to get you know, 10 of my of my um, A-list um, uh, promotions in, my, in, a, in a swipe file that you can kind of use to reverse engineer, to study, to whatever, you know, to, to see kind of what I've been doing the past, you know, these, I think probably the past 12 years for that, that swipe file. But, um, you know, you get, you'll get that. So that's, that's worth, I'm like, that's about $1,000 right there um, that you get for free. And then I also, I'm really big on teaching, like I said, right now in the book with itself, I, I talk about critiquing copies. So I give three um, videos of me critiquing different types of copy so that, you know, you could see like, okay, if you're writing an email, here's what email copy, you know, here's how I'm critiquing this email copy. If it's a sales letter, you know, if it's just what, I forgot the three ones, I think email sales letter and a landing page. So you'll see like, Hey, don't do this. If you're working on this, focus on here, bring your lead down here. So you get to see and look over my shoulder, how I critique those three types of copy. Um, and then I also um, give a really cool um, vi- uh, uh, rec- um, interview that um, I did with my daughter, number two, Tierra Cole. Um, and it's more on the life lessons, you know, about, you know, she's a, she grew up from, you know, her mom's a copywriter. She grew up, she became a copywriter. My oldest daughter also grew up and became a copywriter. So there's something going on here, right? So I talk about, you know, copywriting with your children and lessons I taught my children, um, you know, uh, going throughout and how it's kind of helped them in their lives and careers today. So you get that little bundle and it's worth, like I said, $1,799 and you will get access to it when you purchase my book, whatever format you want to buy, it doesn't matter. Um, and you, you will be able to get that when you um, you go to my CarleenCole.com website. You'll see all the details about the book, about what's in the gifts. But if you just want to go ahead and buy the book uh, on Amazon, you can do that and you'll find out how to get the book, how to get the gifts in the book too. 
Yeah, it, there's so much good stuff there. And like you said, I know there's a, a tremendous value. I remember a couple of years ago being on your website and seeing all of the uh, the swipes that you're selling, you know, for hundreds of dollars, if you want to handwrite out your, your copy and that kind of thing. And so it's an amazing value. Um, even if you don't want the book, you should just get right. the, the bonuses. Get yeah, the that, bonuses. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Exactly right. So Carlene, um, before we let you go, uh, we just want to thank you for, you know, how generous you've been with your time today, with the previous podcast you recorded with us, you presented at our last year's event, uh, TCCNIRL, not in real life. Um, <laughs> we, we're doing our best to get you to one of our live events. I know it's going to happen someday. Uh, at one point, we were talking about Tiara maybe having her speak, and it wasn't working out this year. But um, you know, if if we have to, if we have to get to the point where we bring the event to your hometown. So that you can- <laughs> Have you speak? We might, we might be there. So yeah, we just, you've been so generous with our audience and everything that you share. So I just want to say thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I guess I'm not, I'm not speaking anywhere live. I haven't done anything past two years. So everything's been virtual, but I'm glad I got a chance to do the one virtual with you guys. So we can definitely work out something um, as things sort of ease up, um, you know, with, with the whole, you know, travel and, and uh, large groups and all that kind of stuff. So, yep. Yeah, I, I will uh, definitely consider it. So you guys are wonderful. I really appreciate it. And, and thank you for helping to, you know, spread the word about my books um, and what I'm, I'm working on because I just, I'm just loving it. It's, you know, it's fun. And I do see, like, I'm not going to be doing this forever. I used to say, oh, I'll be writing copy forever. No, I'm not. Cause I'm going to be doing some other stuff, you know, and I, and I want to free up the time to do those things as, as, as they come up. So right now I'm loving my mentoring program. I'm loving, you know, oh, I have my, my copy star um, email um, that you can sign up for on my website. And that's, you get, that's every, you get a, and you get like a really great copywriting tip almost every single day. Um, and that's free to, to join. So if you want to, you know, get to know me and, and get some, get some really good stuff, that's, you can get that from my um, curlingcold.com website um, to sign up for it. So I got those things going. I feel like if I decide to step away at some point that I at least left something for the next generation. You know, I've, I've left sort of a legacy of what, you know, of stuff that I have learned from the best, you know, copywriter, you know, to me, you know, in the world. Um, and so therefore it's a way of just giving back and saying, here, here it is, you know, take it, enjoy it. I, I mean, I could sell this stuff, but it's okay. I don't need to. I'd rather give it away because copywriting, the career has been very good to me. Um, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate the people like you, um, Rob and, and Kara, who are doing this wonderful things, um, you know, with the Copywriter Club and just being very supportive of other copywriters and their ventures. So you guys are very awesome. You really, you know, are high up there as far as your, st- you know, your standards. And I, I respect and appreciate that a lot. Well, that's nice of you to say, and and we appreciate that. So thanks again, Carlene, for taking some time and sharing what's been going on in your business. And uh, yeah, we, we can't wait till we can see you in person. Yeah, thank you too. Before we wrap, let's talk about a couple more ideas that stood out to us. Uh, starting with you, Rob, what resonated with you? Well, okay, so let's mention Carlene's book again. And I know you and I commented on a couple of chapters as we were talking. We asked Carlene about her favorite chapters, but I, you know, I think this is an an awesome opportunity just to promote the book, but I want to share just a couple of other chapters that stood out to me and might sort of hook people into thinking about 
purchasing the book and possibly reading. So chapter nine, which is all about not blaming, uh, she specifically talks about dysfunctional childhoods, but it's really about not blaming your past because the past is gone. It's out of your control, but the future is in your control. And so you can change now and move forward. Uh, chapter 19 is another one that I love the idea of not confusing principle with pettiness. And we do this a lot where we think maybe we're sticking to a principle and really we're just being petty with stuff. And oftentimes it's just, you know, good to take a step back and, and try to evaluate, you know, is it principle or, or are we being petty about things? I love chapter 25, which I think she mentioned about exercise and how important it is uh, to keep going. And then finally, uh, chapter 30, which uh, I, I mentioned that my favorite chapter is when she talks about not being a superhero, but playing one in real life. And I think actually my real favorite is lesson 30, which is all about don't be afraid, do it anyway. And I think we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but you know, don't wait to be chosen. Don't wait until you have confidence. The confidence is built in doing the things. And sometimes you just have to take that step into the void and assume that it's all going to work out. And so there's a lot of really good advice. There's actually, there's some really good copywriting advice as well about uh, non-competes and writing like you talk and just taking action. But uh, just you know, recapping some of those ideas in the book, because again, if uh, any of that resonates with you, you should pick up the book and then get the bonuses that she mentioned. So as a follow-up to that for chapter 30 about doing, you know, not doing the thing you're afraid of, um, Rob, what, what has been something you've done recently that you felt, you know, maybe some discomfort around or there was some fear and you did it anyway and worked through it anyway? Yeah, that's a really good question because, uh, you know, we've everything's been so shut down for the last couple of years that those kinds of opportunities haven't uh, been great. I mean, I have taken some opportunity to travel as things started to open back up and spend more time with my family. I don't know that I was necessarily afraid of things, but I know that there's a lot of fear out there about, you know, getting back out. And so for me personally, that's been one thing, but uh, every year when we do IRL, I hate this to be the default answer, but there's a lot of unknowns. You know, are people going to show up? Are, you know, are we going to be able to pull it off? Is it going to be, you know, is this the one where we're going to fail? And so every time we do that, I feel like we're kind of stepping into the void and, uh, you know, making, making something happen and just fingers crossed that everything's going to turn out okay. And usually it does. Yeah, I agree. I think IRL is always um, terrifying. I don't know if it will ever stop being terrifying. I think for me, um, just deciding to move recently feels terrifying. And so I think I need to jump into Carlene's book and read chapter 30 as a pick me up. So I feel confident um, in this scary decision. Uh, so I need Carlene's book right now. I'm still sticking with lesson 10 as my favorite about buying yourself flowers. And I bought myself flowers yesterday and they look gorgeous and they look, they'll look beautiful at the party tonight. So <laughs> I support lesson 10 all the way. And then Carlene also talked about, you know, what to do when you're done with what you're doing and you're ready to shift gears, you know, how do you get out of the thing that's become a struggle or that's become a grind and try something new, uh, you know, just rechanneling yourself. And this is, in some ways, this is really what the whole interview is about because Carlene's focused on so many of the new things that she's doing. Yeah, she's still writing copy, but she's 
doing less of that in order to do all these things that she's finding exciting in her business. And I, I think it's worth looking at our own businesses and doing sort of an evaluation. It's like, okay, what are the things, maybe it's like Marie Kondoing your business, right? What are the things that are striking joy? What are the things that make you happy? And what are the things that don't? And if you can lean into the things that are making you happy, whether it's new or not, and do less of the things that don't make you happy, then that's a good thing. And maybe that requires bringing in people to help uh, with the team. And, and Carly talked a lot about the team that she has helping her, especially with her YouTube stuff. Uh, maybe it means working with a different class of clients, or maybe it means raising your rates so that you are more excited about the work that you're doing. There's lots of ways to do this in our businesses, but that idea of rechanneling yourself into the things that you love, the things that you find exciting is worth repeating. And maybe even, you know, needle pointing into a cushion on the sofa. Yeah. And I, I feel like for me, I'm trying to do that in many areas right now. It's like with my own copywriting business, you know, what lit me up before no longer does it. So it's, it's pivoting in that business and figuring out, well, what does feel exciting. And then I know in the copywriter club, you know, you and I are asking um, hard questions about like, well, could we do this differently? You know, could IRL be different? Could the membership be different? Could the podcast, everything is always open to, I think it's important to ask those questions um, rather than just continuing on um, without, without thinking bigger. And so I know Carlene said, another quote I wrote down was, if you don't let go, if you don't shift gears, you're not ever going to know what else is available for you. And she mentioned, you know, she knows she's a good copywriter, but she doesn't know if she's a good author or a teacher, a good teacher. And I, I mean, over the last few years, she's, she's learned that she is a great author um, as she's published these books. Um, but I think that's, I'm always seeking that as well. Similar to Carlene, it's like, okay, if I know I'm good at this, what else is out there? What else could I explore to figure out if it's a good fit or not? And it might not always be. And so I, I love that that was the theme of this entire conversation. Yeah. And then we wrapped up by asking the question about the mistakes that she sees copywriters making. Obviously she talked, you know, about the we copy, you know, talking at your clients instead of with your clients or taking your client's perspective as you're writing copy. I'm curious, Kira, we do copy critiques. You know, we work with copywriters all the time. What do you think is the number one mistake you see copywriters making? Whoa, I wasn't expecting that question. Um, for me, it's just they're not specific enough. I feel like anytime we do a copy critique in the underground, <laughs> I just say the same thing over and over again because um, a lot of the copy is too general. And, and I do that too. So it's, it's pulling in those d details that bring the copy to life that make it feel real. Um, and those details can go such a long way. Um, even sometimes like pulling in, if you're talking about soda, it's like pulling in the brand name of a specific soda. Is it diet Coke? Is it caffeine free? Like those level, that level of detail, uh, is so important and it's, it's easy on a first or second draft to, to forget that. And so that's, that's what comes to mind first for me. What about for you? Yeah. So for me, and like you said, we tend to repeat the same kinds of things when we do critiques, but I feel like sometimes copywriters are afraid to make big promises, you know, instead of dialing up the promise. And I'm not, I'm not saying making false promises or things that you can't fulfill on, but I think we hold back and we're 
really hesitant to make a big promise in the work that we do, or even when we're writing for our clients and the things that they're doing for their customers. And one of the, the easiest ways to improve the messages that I see is to think bigger about the promise, especially that first headline, uh, the lead copy, and really going into how this is going to solve a big problem for your client. And if it's not solving a big problem for your client, then maybe we need to go back and rethink what the offer is, the thing that we're actually doing, because big problems are really easy to get paid for. And if you can solve them, like Carlene has been doing her entire career, you can make a really good uh, a really good living as a copywriter. And you kind of reminded me when you were saying, you know, I do this too. That's the importance of getting your copy critiqued because it's the same with me. It's, you know, when I write copy and submit it to somebody to look at, oftentimes they'll say the same exact things to me that I'm saying to people when I'm critiquing copy. And it's like, oh yeah, it's just good to have somebody there to say, it's time to turn it up a little bit, or it's time to make this adjustment because we all continue to make the same mistakes. And that's the way we learn is to get focused, good feedback on our copy. And you know that's, that's why groups like the underground are so good because you can get that on an almost weekly basis. That's why I love working with an editor anytime I work on a client project. Uh, and usually it's Autumn Tompkins brilliant at editing and I always learn something new or I just have that reminder from autumn that I'm making the same mistake I made on the previous project. <laughs> it's like same mistake, didn't learn yet. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's fun to get that feedback and also realize, you know, we, we actually pay it more attention to the mistakes we make and we can become um, better at providing those critiques for others because we're so aware of those problems. So um before we start to wrap, I just want to add, I liked the part at the end of the conversation where we were talking about Carlene being a superhero and um, and what she said about having this system in place and having this support team in place. And um, I think that's just a great reminder that, you know, many of the people we idolize and admire from afar, like they do, they do have a team oftentimes and they're not doing it alone. And that's, and it was cool of Carlene to be transparent about that and to recognize the team involved. And I know for me, it's like, I have an entire support system too, and team members and uh, coaches and mentors and business partners and um, that allow me to do what I do. And so I think I appreciate even more conversation about those systems and teams that allow these superstars in the space like Carlene to do what they do. Yeah. Talking about superstars, superheroes, there's always the man in the chair, right? From the Spider-Man movies, or you've got Alfred in the Batcave from the Batman movies. It's easier to be a superhero when you've got a team to back you up. As we wrap, don't forget the bonuses that Carlene mentioned when you buy her book, including the copy critiques, the nine different swipe files and more. To get those, go to carlenecole.com forward slash 60 dash lessons. Or if you go to just carlenecole.com, you should see a pop-up that will take you to that page. And that's the end of this episode of the Copywriter Club podcast. The intro music was composed by copywriter and songwriter Addison Rice. The outro was composed by copywriter and songwriter David Muntner. If you like what you heard, please leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, or even better, share this episode with someone that you know will find it valuable. If you need more bingeable episodes, you could check out episode 189, which is our first podcast interview with Carlene, all about her life as a 50-year-old white man. 
And during our interview, Carlene actually mentioned that she's worked with Laura Gale to write her book. You can listen to our interview with Laura when you download episode 65 to your podcast player. And if you want to light a fire under your business booty (laughs) with the support of a community and mentors, and if you want to come to my party in D.C. so I can stop talking about it, head over to copywriterthinktank.com for more information about the Copywriter Think Tank and our upcoming retreat and how you can be a part of it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Copywriters coming together.